All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Strive Podcast. This is episode three. Um, this podcast provides resources for Syrian refugee children facing racism within the uh, Canadian educational system. Um, the resources that I will be providing, as well as some of the interventions I will be providing in this episode, are in central Alberta, as that's where our main office is currently. Um, so STRIVE stands for, S stands for Support and Safety for Syrian Refugee Children, T, Talk and Address Racism Regarding the Treatment of Syrian Refugee Children in Canada, R, Recognize Intersectionalities, Power, Privilege, and Barriers that These Children May Face, I, Incorporate Ideas, Practices that Elicit Anti-Racism, V, Validate the Experiences and Stories of refugee, Syrian Refugee Children, Explore Examples of potential intervention and techniques specific to Syrian refugee children. And before we get started again, I just want to recognize the privilege and power that's associated with my skin color as a Caucasian woman. Um, as I facilitate this podcast, I will continue to be aware of my words and actions towards this specific demographic that I will be discussing throughout this podcast. So last episode, we talked about some practice recommendations that were from the article, I Belong Nowhere, and what those might have looked like within the educational system, um, if they were implemented and practiced. Um, so today, we're actually going to switch um, gears a little bit and talk about some actual um, research-based interventions um, that could be used to alleviate some of the prejudice and as well as just increase the well-being of Syrian refugee individuals in Canada. So the first one we're going to talk about today is uh, school-based CBT intervention. So the Cognitive Behavioral Intervention for Traumas in School, CBITS for short, is a 10-session group CBT intervention designed to address PTSD, anxiety, and depression related to community violence exposure. It has been used with traumatized immigrants and therefore is potentially suitable for traumatized refugee children because it addresses issues of trauma as well as culture. Through the use of these interventions, people have found that traumatic stress symptoms decreased over time. Um, the Calgary Catholic Immigration Society um, is a resource available in central Alberta. They have what is called a Center for Refugee Resilience, CRR. It provides culturally responsive therapeutic support to refugee and immigra immigrant children, youth, and their families in order to resolve and address trauma-related PTSD issues. A program that supports immigrants, refugees, and their families after trauma. We embrace strengths-based holistic practices that recognize and build on inherent resilience. They offer accessible, culturally appropriate services that address trauma. All you have to do to access these supports is to contact the program to request a consultation and then you will be put into contact with the program staff who will meet your consultation needs and you can do this through their website. I understand that this resource is quite generalized. It is not a school-based intervention, um, so it's not particularly at schools. There wasn't too much information pertaining to those within Central Alberta. But this is definitely similar and does address some of the same situations. So the next 
potential intervention that could be useful is art and expressive therapy, a treatment approach that seems to be widely practiced, though rarely studied and evaluated, is the use of art and other expressive techniques as a tool with traumatized refugee children. Creative art therapies are commonly used and have been proposed as potentially useful tools for the diagnosis and treatment of psychological trauma. For traumatized refugee children who are too embarrassed, highly resistant, or do not have the language skills to talk about their traumatic memories, creative arts therapy has been regarded as especially helpful as a way to allow clients to disclose and process their traumatic experiences in ways that are less threatening than talking. Other clinicians have found that art therapy and art creation have provided refugee clients with a needed feeling of structure, a sense of control, a way to reassert their identities through emotional expression, and a counterbalance to their losses. Some clinicians have also noted that creative therapy techniques such as storytelling may be especially appropriate for refugee children from cultures that have a strong tradition of storytelling. Within central Alberta, um, in Calgary, there is a place called Prairie Institute of Expressive Arts Therapy. This individual practices out of their home and provides a wide range of different types of art and expressive therapy techniques. Their website has a section called Contact Us and you're able to send them a message to get in touch with the individual. Also, if you go to www.albertaplaytherapy.ca, there's a bunch of different resources available throughout the whole province of Alberta in case you aren't particularly located um, near Calgary, there is a bunch of different um, play therapy resources and supports. This next type of intervention um, was studied through a journal article called When I Became a Refugee, This Became My Refuge, a proposal for implementing a two-generation intervention using yoga and narrative to promote mental health in Syrian refugee caregivers and school readiness in their preschool children. So although we aren't focusing particularly on mental health and we are focusing more on racial justice and what those implications are, within the first episode of our podcast, we talked about some of the symptoms and signs of refugee children experiencing racism, which did um, connect to mental health symptoms such as low self-esteem, feelings of sadness, depression, all of those things. So I really thought that this was a very intricate type of intervention. Um, it's very, very interesting the way that it is connected and it is something to think about too that um, having that sense of belonging not only comes from school but having a sense of belonging with your caregiver or your guardian or your parent um, at home as well. So this type of intervention really talks about that and talks about the tools that we can use in order to strengthen um, a child's readiness skills within their school. So the first type of intervention is trauma-sensitive yoga. This is specifically for caregivers. Trauma can negatively impact all six elements of wellness, emotional, physical, spiritual, intellectual, social, and occupational. Compromising important areas such as parenting and caregiver sensitivity to the child. Although this resource isn't specific to school environments, it is important to work towards fostering a healthy relationship at home between children and their caregiver. Yoga 
yogic breathing, and meditation have shown lower blood pressure, increased heart rate variability, and low the amount of stress hormones circulating throughout the body. So you're feeling you're feeling less stressed, you're having low blood pressure, everything in your body is kind of relaxed. Some of the practices within this type of intervention are introspection, meditation, closing the eyes, breathing exercises, moving the body through a series of poses, um, and the physical poses in these classes help reduce stress response, facilitate focus and awareness. So next, the article talks about a child intervention, which is specific to Syrian refugee preschoolers in this article. So storytelling or story acting based, play-based intervention emphasizes the importance of school connectedness as it is related to a lower likelihood of alcohol, tobacco, violence, and gang involvement, as well as a higher likelihood of academic achievement, school attendance, and school retention. This intervention works by a child telling stories to a facilitator who writes them down and reads them back to the child to ensure that they're correct. Then the facilitator lets the child pick classmates to help them act out the story that they have shared. This type of intervention combines narrative and play and helps them to develop strong oral language skills. The findings of this particular intervention concluded that this increased the effectiveness in promoting school readiness skills such as literacy, oral language skills, emotional literacy, so emotional concepts, and mental state discussions. The reason that this is important too is when you think about it, if this individual is able to communicate more at school, they're able to build those relationships. They're able to have, they're able to have those conversations about racism. They're able to um, stand up for themselves. They're able to build a sense of confidence within themselves all of these things are connected and being able to have that competency or that confidence in your in your school in your school readiness skills helps to foster that helps to foster that ability to communicate and start that sense of belonging and social connections within a school setting Although, for this type of intervention to work, to successfully work and to successfully impact the readiness skills of the child, the mother must be in the trauma-sensitive yoga while the child is also in um, the storytelling and story-acting play-based therapy. Once those two are connected, there's a stronger bond and the child and, and the child's um, school readiness skills are vastly improved, like significantly. Unfortunately, throughout central Alberta, there is not a lot of information on um, these kinds of interventions because this is something that is very, is very new. There's a lot of information on play-based interventions, um, but because of this specific type of, um, type of intervention with the connectedness between narrative and yoga, um, this isn't something that I do, that I actually have a resource for. Although there is a um, trauma-sensitive yoga program in Canmore, Alberta. Um, there's a place that holds mindful movement classes that are available every Tuesday on Zoom um, from, now, from now on because of the pandemic. 
um, which anyone can sign up for, which is really neat um, and definitely something to look into uh, if that's something that you may be interested in. Another very neat um, intervention that I found um, was from an article titled Evaluation of a Classroom Program of Creative Expression Workshops for Refugee and Immigrant Children that was published in 2005. So it discusses creative, expressive workshops as another type of intervention that could be implemented into schools to help refugee children attempt to bridge the gap between home, school, past, and present. These workshops were developed over a five-year period. Um, I understand that this isn't too um, realistic of an intervention either. Um, these are more additional resources that I really thought helped to understand and connect interventions to the lives to the livelihood of refugee children. Um, the first pilot project was called The Trip. Children were asked to tell the story of a character of their choice, human or not, who has been through a migration process in the past, so pre-migration, the trip, the arrival to the new country, and the future. The child drew a picture and then would talk about the four stages within their picture. I just think that that's a really neat idea to talk about and highlight the transitions that these refugee children have made and the transitions that they have made throughout their whole journey. Um, and even coming into Canada, what kind of transitions now within school systems, there's all those different things. And I think it's really important to talk about that. Um, the second was called Working with Myths, which helped children explore false or incorrect assumptions about non-dominant cultures which helps foster the richness and appreciation of a minority culture. So this is important just to, because a lot of times everyone tends to focus on the negatives of minority groups um, because of the power and privilege associated with white people, there's a lot of discrimination that goes on um, towards minority groups. So it's important to remember and appreciate those minority groups and, and learn about them. The third one is memory patchwork. The children bring in myths and stories from their families and communities and how that impacts the child's identity. So bringing that, bringing that um, culturally sensitive lens and culturally informed, all those different things um, to make sure that uh, the children make those connections and true connections between their families and communities. Um, so within this study, each workshop lasted for 12 weeks, two hours per week, held by an art therapist and psychologist. These consisted of verbal and nonverbal activities. The results of these workshops showed a decrease in mental health sy symptoms and an increase in their self-esteem. This type of study shows how beneficial creative expression workshops can be in enhancing the adjustment process of immigrant or refugee children and helping them come to terms with their past experiences. A place in Edmonton called Art Can Heal that focuses on creative expression, which is facilitated by an Indigenous woman who is an art therapist. Her services include art therapy and art, creative art exploration. With the, on her website, which is www.artcanheal.ca, there is a section that says Biocontact Consent, which is where you can contact her and talk about what, or get more information about what her services include. All right, so that concludes this uh, third episode of Strive. 
I hope you guys enjoyed it, and yeah, we will continue our discussion tomorrow. Thanks, guys.